0: 26 through 35. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and he shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David." And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also, that the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Let us pray. Lord, you're amazing. We thank you, Lord, that you came 2,000 years ago, Lord Jesus, with a plan and a purpose to save us from our sin, God. We're thankful this season, Lord. We just pray, God, this message, you would just anoint Pastor Day, Father God, and we just pray your spirit would move and speak to these people and let the joy of the Lord, of the good news of Jesus, fill these people's hearts and their souls, God. We pray these people leave this place full of your joy, Lord Jesus, full of the light of Jesus. We pray you speak to us today in Jesus' name amen. Thank you, Zach.
1: Wow, what a wonderful congregation here right before Christmas. We're glad that you're here this morning. And the first thing that I want to do this morning is to wish each and every one of you a merry, merry Christmas. Jenny and I are so thankful for all of the gifts that you've bestowed upon us throughout this month, the offering and the different things that's being brought by and just mainly of all all of the candy that you've been giving us. Oh my goodness. You know, um, some of that don't mention to my wife because it's not made itself home as of yet and uh, I'm trying to keep that a secret. But we have gained probably 30 pounds, or at least I have already gnawn on that stuff and she stay out of that, stay out of that. But it is absolutely marvelous. All of your gifts that you've bestowed upon us, we are we feel so unworthy, but we are thankful for your blessings on our lives. And you're such a blessing to us. This is my 32nd Christmas service with you wonderful people. And matter of fact, we had 20 wonderful years over on Ninth and Cedar, and now we have 12 years already here at the palace. Can you imagine that we've already been in this palace 12 years? years, and I'm already looking forward for number 13 next year. But as we examine our text, there are many things that we can and have preached over the years concerning this wonderful woman by the name of Mary, and my goal this morning is not to dissect these scriptures and to preach to you a several-point sermon, even though that we could, because there's so much content here and important information concerning the Christmas story, but I want us to focus on just two verses of scripture within our text. I want to focus later on in the message on verse 28 on on verse 30. I'm not going to be focused upon on the Christmas story as much as I am on what caused Christmas to become a reality and what does God actually want to become out of Christmas. What is God's plan? What's God's purpose? What's God's desire for this whole Christmas season? We have to realize and examine in the scripture that there had to be qualified people in order for this thing called Christmas to actually happen. And even though the miracle of Christmas is Jesus and his immaculate birth, we know that. We all know that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit and not by the seed of man. When Mary asked the angel about her going to be able to have a son, and she asked that question because the Bible saying, seeing that she knew not a man, she said, how am I going to have this child when I've never known a man? And the angel replied to her in verse 35 and said, that the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the high shall overshadow thee, and also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Jesus was conceived in the womb of Mary, by the Holy Spirit. And this is why that Jesus Christ was sinless because sin, as we all know, is passed down to us through the seed of man through, all the way back to Adam. You and I were born into sin as a result of Adam's sin and that sin was was given to generation after generation through man's seed. And by Jesus not being born of the seed of man, but by the Holy Spirit, it made him to be born sinless. And even though Jesus is the miracle of Christmas, how many knows that Jesus is the miracle of Christmas, amen? Yet we have to understand that heaven's purpose has to be birthed through earthen vessels. And that's one of the main things that I want to get across here today, that heaven's purpose has to be birthed through earthen vessels. How many wants the plan of God to be revealed to us in the 21st century? How many wants things of the spirit to be birthed? How many want the miraculous, the supernatural interventions of God in this place? Am I the only one that desires that? How many are ready to see an authentic move of God to where it just shakes the nations? Hallelujah. Well, let me tell you, the only way that's going to happen, it's going to be birthed through earthen vessels. I love that scripture that God can do exceedingly abundantly above anything that we are able to Ask or even think by the power that worketh through us. That the supernatural encounter that we want to have with God, we have to realize that God's willing, God's ready, God's able. We have to line up to where his miracles can work through us. We have to realize that even though God can do anything, anywhere at any time, he's all knowing, he's all powerful, he's all present and he is God and he can do whatever he wants to do, when he wants to do it and how he wants to do it. Yet we also have to understand that the purposes of God that are birthed by the Spirit, even though they are reality, they are absolutely exist. I don't care if we see them or not. How many know that heaven exists? How many knows that there are supernatural things that God has already decreed, that God's already declared, that God's already prophesied, that God's already revealed in his word. They're just as real. Though you can't see them, they're real. How many believe that? Absolutely. How many still believes in healing? How many still believes in miracles? How many still believes in signs and wonders following the believer. How many still believes in the supernatural interventions of God? Raise your hand. Well, I want to tell you, even though them things are real, yet they are not fully revealed until it has been birthed or manifested in the realm of the natural. The things of the spirit are not tangible to man until they're birthed in the realm of the physical. Though Christ existed before he was ever even birthed, yet he wasn't touched, he wasn't handled, and he wasn't seen among men until he was born in the realm of the natural. It was at Bethlehem that they witnessed God manifested. He, he, they seen a revealed God in actual human form. It is here that they would see God revealed through that holy child by the name of Jesus Christ. His very name, Emmanuel, actually would reveal who he was. The word Emmanuel being interpreted means God with us. He whom the heavens could not contain, he took up residence in the bosom of his virgin mother. It was here that the, his eternal spirit actually took on human flesh. Mary was the chosen candidate for this to actually take place. God chose Mary to manifest in the natural what God purposed in the spirit. And I just hear the Holy Spirit saying to me, get ready, O palace of praise, because I've chosen you to manifest in the natural what I have desired and purposed in the spiritual. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? That God has looked down, and I hear him saying to us, just like he said to old Mary, O palace of praise, thou art highly favored. And I desire to do in you what God, and reveal through you what I've purposed within the heaven. That God's will in heaven be manifested here on earth through the palace of praise. Are you ready for that to happen? If you are, give the Lord a great big hand of appreciation. Because he's chosen us. Oh, hallelujah. I'm about to get happy here this morning. But God chose Mary to manifest in the natural what God had purposed in the spiritual. The way of the will of God and to the way to the purposes of God become known to a lost world as by manifested in the realm of the natural. The people of the world will never be able to come to know the heartbeat of God until they birth the birth by the spirit and manifested in the physical world in which they live in. It does not matter how much God we say they exist if they're never manifested the world will never believe can I have an amen and one of the things that caused the revivals to take place throughout the book of Acts is not only what the people declared but what was manifested through their lives these signs shall follow them that believe in my name they shall cast out devils in my name they shall heal the sick in my name if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them how many still believes that in the 21st century that God's got a plan to send a revival to this land. And I want to tell you the only way that the people of this land is going to see is to see the authentic presence of God in a human form through the body of Christ, the church. Can I say amen to that? So we're seeing that God's setting us up for something. I know that the Lord has laid this on my heart. Let's look at our scriptural focal point for just a moment, the two verses that we have chosen. First of all, let's look at verse 28, and let's look at verse 30. Verse 28 says, The angel came unto Mary and said unto her, Hail, thou are highly favored among women. And he said, The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And look at verse 30. He says, And the angel said unto her, fear not Mary for thou hast found favor with God it is here that we see that Mary was highly favored of God now I don't know about you how many of you would like for God to just speak out of heaven to thunder down out of heaven and say behold the Lord is with thee blessed are thou among humankind thou art highly favored I'd like to have those words spoken over me how many want that oh hallelujah you don't know what you're asking for can I have an amen? But I would like to hear those words spoken over my life. Blessed are thou can't among mankind. Thou art highly favored. I want to hear those words over my life. But I also know that it takes a special person to be able to hear those words. You know why? Because those words can give an ego to someone real, real fast. Amen? Matter of fact, they can go around if they're not careful and say, I'm highly favored. I'm better than everyone else. I, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm at a greater standing. I'm on a higher plane. I'm more spiritual. I'm chosen. And I want to tell you, that's what happens to the church world, and that's the reason why that we're not seeing the miraculous because God can't trust us with it. Because our egos won't allow us to. But notice, however, to be highly favored does not mean that you're more loved, that you're more special, or you're more gifted, or that you're more talented than anybody else. Some make Mary to be some some kind of a saint, and others make her even an idol. They believe that she is literally a co-redeemer with Jesus Christ. Some put her on a pedestal and make her an intercessor for mankind and say that no one can get to God except through Mary's intercessory. We know that to be true. There's a whole religion on that. Mary was not born with certain inherent traits, but she was born as a sinner just like you and I were. Mary needed a savior just like everybody else. Can I have an amen? Mary would carry in her womb the very savior that would save her, the very boy that she would deliver would be the boy that would deliver her. The very son that she would birth would be the very son that would birth her into the kingdom of God. Can you imagine that? This is why that she said upon the angel's proclamation of her conception, listen to what she said in Luke verse 1, chapter one, verse 46 and 47. And Mary said, my soul does magnify the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in what? God, my savior. Mary did not get high-minded and puffed up upon the salutation of the angel. She didn't get an ego and she didn't get high minded, but she humbled herself and she worshiped and she even recognized and she even made a statement of her need for God to be her savior. But notice verse 28, we are told that she was highly favored among women, but look at verse 30, it says, fear not Mary for thou hast found favor with God. Now, let's dissect that just for a little bit. First of all, she was not born with that favor. She was not gifted with that favor, but Mary found that favor. Notice that. What does it mean to have the favor of God? How does one find it? How many wants the favor of God? I want to find the favor of God upon my life, and I want that favor to be in the palace of praise. But some would say it means that favor means to be special. It means to be gifted. It means to be better or sought out or chosen or to be an elite, part of the elite. The elite group. First of all, these are not the these are the, these are the woolly definitions of what some would describe the word of favor. But it's not the biblical favor that you've spoken of in the scripture. First of all, in the eyes of God, one person is not more valued or loved than another person. When I look out over this congregation, I can point at this man here and this lady here and say you're both loved by God equally. I can take Gary and I can go back here in the back and just start pointing people out. No matter who you're sitting by, they're not no more special than you are. Can I have an amen? When God looks down upon the people, if there's two sinners sitting there, one's not more favored than the other. And if there's two believers there, one's not favored more than the other. Can I have an amen? God loves us the same. Aren't you glad of that? Second of all, highly gifted and talented people are not more valued and special in the eyes of God than those that are not multitasked or multi-talented. I thank God for that. Debbie got up and sung. She's beautiful on the outside. She's beautiful on the inside. And then I see she can sing. Oh, my goodness. You know, she is one of my students that caught on real fast. She's very highly talented. It didn't take us but a couple of weeks for her to learn that. Amen. Amen. Can you believe people that are so multitasked and multi-talented? It makes me sick. I can only do one thing. Get up here, yell, and spit. <laughs> Amen? That's all I can do. That's all I know to do. I preach to myself. I preach to my wife. I preach to my children. And I preach to you. That's all I know to do. Sometimes people call me crazy because I sit there and preach to them. That's the only way I can stay saved is to preach to myself. But the truth of the matter is you see people that can sing. Like Randy West, he makes me sick directs, writes a play, sings, the song in the play. I thought, God, that's unfair. But I got new for Randy, even though he's multi-talented and multi-gifted, I want you to know, he's not more special in the eyes of God than I am, who only has one talent. God loves us the same, and I'm thankful for that, aren't you? That God don't judge us according to our giftedness. The word favor here in verse 28 and 30 is the Greek word us. And it actually... It means a manner of act or spiritual. And when I looked up the Greek word for it, it gave me this definition. It is the divine influence upon the heart and a reflection, and its reflection in the life. Let me read that one more time. I want you to get this. The word favor is the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in its, the life. In other words, it's a heart that has divine influence upon it and a life that lives it out. A life that's obedient to it. Favor comes by the condition of the heart. And to sum it up, when you look up, what is the definition of biblical favor? It's having the heart of God. I love that. Mary's favor came due to her having the heart of God. Her favor did not come just because she was a virgin. There were all kinds of virgins in the world. She had to be a virgin in order to birth Christ. But nevertheless, that was not the only reason she birthed him. She birthed him due to her yieldingness to divine influence. She literally birthed him because she had the heart of God. Can I have an amen? We see that her heart was divinely influenced by her words when she said in Luke 1, 38, and Mary said, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Do you dissect that with me? Mary considered herself as a handmaiden of the Lord, and she purposed his will in her life. Matter of fact, she went on and said, be it unto me according to thy word. In other words, she was ex- accepting God's purpose, God's plan for her life, his will for her life. She's saying, have your way in my life. How many of us is willing to do that? You'll not find favor till you do that. Matter of fact, she just simply said, whatever you want, whatever you've said, whatever you desire for my life, let it be unto me according to your word. Now let me tell you something. Some of us are afraid to pray that prayer. I remember when I was being tugged at to go into the ministry. I fought it for a little bit. And can I tell you that it's a scary thing to step out and obey the will of God and his purpose for your life. It was a scary thing for me to walk off of a job where I had security to go into the realm of preaching for a living. And, 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 and me and Jenny just living off that one salary all of our lives, giving ourselves as servants to the Lord. That was a scary thing for our lives. But I want you to know, I've got favor and as a result of favor, I'm taken care of. Can you say amen? Favor comes by you having the heart of God and having the divine influence that shines upon you and being yielded to it. She just simply said, whatever you want, whatever you've said, let it be in me according to thy word. Mary was willing to bear the blunt of the mocking, the ridiculing, the slander, the shame, the accusations, the image that all this would bring upon her, the reproach that it would bring upon her life. Could you imagine a young teenager becoming pregnant and and uh, b- before she's ever even married? and she says, I'm impregnated by God. Can you imagine, how would you like for your 15 year old daughter to come home and say, hey mom, I'm pregnant, but it's by God, hallelujah. That's what happened in Mary's life. How do you think Joseph felt? Here he is engaged, he's espoused to be married to to Mary and he, he finds her up pregnant. Think of the place that Joseph was put in, how it literally taunted his image because you know what happened? Is that she began to show they thought, yeah, Joseph, you committed adultery with Mary. They thought Joseph was the culprit that done it. Also think of how Joseph felt. He felt like that Mary was unfaithful to him. He felt betrayed. He felt embarrassed. He felt ashamed. But, you know, he was such a good man. We know this because the Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 1, verse 19, it says, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, bringing shame to her, He was willing to put her away privately. He was going to walk away from her because she would become pregnant, he thought, by another man. But he wasn't out to shame her. He wasn't out to hurt her. He wasn't out to make a public example out of her. He's going to try to hide it and conceal it for her sake. But he was going to walk off and not marry her he was saying you know you went out on me what do you mean and he was wanting to put her away and it wasn't until the angel of the Lord again appeared unto him and gave him the revelation that she, that Mary had already got from him listen to what it says in Matthew 1 verse 20 and 21 but while he thought on these things behold the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream saying Joseph thou son of David fear not to take to thee Mary thy wife for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost and she shall bring forth the son and thou shalt call his name Jesus and he will save his people from their sins could you imagine Imagine the tabloids of that day. Man, you talking about news. Woo! I can see it now. The inquirer news would say, Young couple to be wed, says child to be born is the son of God. Couldn't that wouldn't that be weird? Wouldn't that be off the charts? But it was her heart that qualified her to actually have God's favor upon her. Remember King David? Oh, yeah, King David was one of the most highly favored king in all of the scriptures. And when Saul was rejected, God said in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 14, concerning David, it says, But now thy kingdom shall not continue, Saul. But the Lord has sought him a man after his own heart, talking about David. And the Lord has chosen him and commanded him to be the captain and the leader over the people. It was Acts chapter 13 verse 22 that Saul's rejection was used as his example. It says, and when he had removed Saul, he raised up unto him David to be king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill all of my will. Now, it was God that testified about David that he would be raised up as king, and why? He testified because he would fulfill all of his will. Did you hear that? Why is it that he was so highly favored? Because he would fulfill all of his will. That's what the Bible says. And then the favor was given to David also because God testified he was a man after my own heart. If you want favor, then you gotta have a heart that ponders though, the will of God. Can I have an amen? If this church wants to see the supernatural things manifested that already exist and has got planned for our lives, though they exist, though they've been spoken, they will not come to the past until we get the divine favor to manifest it in the natural by having the heart of God, having God's heart beat. Matter of fact, the favor of God comes due to the condition of a heart and not by the qualification that a man possesses. God's not interested in our qualification. You don't have anything God don't already have. How in the world do we think such a worm as I or you can actually impress God? Nothing impresses God. He's the maker of everything. But God is not interested in our qualifications, our resumes, our titles, our positions, our talents, our giftedness, our degrees, or what we've achieved. But God judges by the condition of the heart to see if a man will be qualified or not to be used of him. It's not your ability that God's interested in. It's your availability. God can care less about your long list of accomplishments and your predigree. He isn't interested in our ability or our past achievements. He's interested in the issues of our heart. Can I have an amen? It isn't us that accomplishes anything anyway. And let me say this. It is God that works through us. Anything that good comes out of our lives is because of what Christ does through us. And let me tell you something. if If everything that we do, if it's not done by the Spirit with a heart of gratitude and humility before God, it's all in vain anyway. Amen? God wants us to have his heart. This is why it says in Colossians 1 and 27, to whom God will make known what the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles is, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I love that passage of scripture. The riches of the glory of God is made known by Christ in you. That's how the riches of his glory is made known, by Christ in you. You want to know the riches, the mysteries of God? Then you've got to have Christ in you, which is the hope of glory. What does that mean? God hopes that this will happen. That's his desire. Christ in you is the hope of glory. This is God's plan, his purpose, his desire, his passion. It's for every one of us to know the mysteries, to know the the gifts that God wants to pour out through Christ in us. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. When one has Christ in their hearts, they have the heart of God. This is the riches of the gospel. This is God's goal for everyone. It's his plan. It's his purpose for all of us. We are qualified for God's use only, when we have his heart. I heard a moving story the other day by a man, and I thought, man, I got to use that. There was a man by the name of Michael Brady who lived in uh, Hollywood, California. He was a specialist in jumping out of low-flying helicopters upon fast-moving trains. Can you imagine being on a low-flying helicopter and a train going by real fast, and you jump out and land on top of the boxcar? That's craziness. Amen. But nevertheless, Michael had learned how to do that, and not only just on trains, but other things, but that was the big thing that he'd done. They said that he was the best within the business, though he was a very young, young man. In his professional stunt career, he had successfully jumped over a hundred and some times, and he would begin to be uh, sought out by by the best of them, and his fame exploded One day as Michael was getting ready for a stunt, he decided, I'm gonna go out and check up on top of the box cars and make sure that the straps and the different things that they used was in place. He gets a ladder and he puts it up against the box car to check things out and he's on his way up to the ladder. He gets at the top, he missteps and he falls upon the ground. It was there that he received a massive brain injury. Michael was lifted to a trauma center and the flight crew had fought for a long time to save his life, however, four days later, Michael Brady would die. And because he was a registered organ donor, the medical team began to harvest his uninjured organs. And one of the first organs that they actually harvested was his heart. The next on the list was a, a heart patient, a heart recipient by the name of Bill Woe. Bill was 20 to 30 years older than Michael. He was a very, very sick man. He was at the point of death himself. a matter of fact, if he did not get a heart soon, he would die. It was determined by the specialist that Michael's heart was actually a match for Bill's body for a transplant. And almost immediately after Bill's surgery, Bill began to improve. The doctors were amazed at the pace of Bill's recovery. Matter of fact, he was soon walking. Then he began to jog. And before the year was up, before a year had ever even come, after the transplant, Bill had run a marathon. He didn't win the marathon, but he ran it and he finished it. Can you imagine that? having your chest ripped out, your heart taken out, a new heart put in, and within less than a year, he's running a marathon. Bill's life was saved due to Michael's heart. And one day, Bill gets a call, and he was told that Michael's family would like to meet the candidate for the heart transplant. Michael Brady's family had called the transplant team and said, we'd like to meet the man that got our son's heart. They said, well, first of all, in order for this to happen, we can't even tell you who, who the heart went to unless he gives us permission. And number two, the only way that you can meet him is if he's, he will allow it. I don't know how they set it up, but one thing led to another, and they arranged a meeting place for Michael's family to meet with Bill. The story was told how that they agreed to meet in a hotel lobby in a certain city in a certain location, and this motel lobby that, that Bill knew, that's where, that he felt comfortable in meeting them. It was said that Bill was very nervous and anxious about meeting Michael's family. What would he say? He felt uncertain of how that they would feel. He wondered, what would they ask? What are they expecting out of me? And where is all this going to lead? What am I getting myself into? Bill gets to the hotel lobby and there's no one there by the Brady, from the Brady family. He's nervously awaiting for their arrival, which seemed to be eternity. Then all of a sudden... A car pulls out into the, in front of the lobby and two little girls get out of the back seat followed along with a young, bright, beautiful young lady. All of a sudden on the passenger side, the front door opened on the passenger side and there followed an older lady with them. The door shut, the car moved away and these four, young, the older lady, the younger lady and two girls walked into the lobby of the motel and when they did, their eyes fixed upon Bill Bill asked them, are you the family of Michael? And they said, yes, we are. And he introduced him as the transplant candidate that received their loved one's heart. Bill immediately was drawn to the little two little pretty girls, and he embraced them as they did him. With all three of them crying and sobbing, Bill began to explain how that their daddy was a hero and how that he saved many lives from his unselfish gifts that he had given As he held those two daughters in his arms, his heart said it raced on the inside, began to flutter and beat, and he could not imagine how them two little girls had felt. Here were two daughters that no longer had a daddy, but it was because they didn't have a daddy that Bill's daughter did have a daddy. And while the two young girls held onto his legs and would not let go, he scrambled a little bit for a few steps over to the young lady who happened to be the wife of Michael, and he began to embrace that little woman. They immediately embraced each other and began to, he began to tell how sorry he was for her loss. He began to tell her how grateful he was for Michael giving his heart to him and that he was a life that was saved due to her husband's tragedy and he wanted her to know that her husband did not die in vain. He said, I hope somehow out of all the good that has happened due to your husband's tragedy that you somehow will have peace and come to an understanding that there was a sense of purpose that was behind it all, and I happened to be the candidate to be the the one that was blessed. Bill told her that he would be eternally thankful and that his family would be praying for her and the family and remember them in their prayers for the rest of his life. Then he looked over to a little old-aged woman. Her face looked as if she was gonna birth a child. Such anguish, such stress, such pain was exhibited on her countenance. Bill again embraced this older lady who happened to be Michael's mother. He said, I cannot imagine what, you, what it's like to give up a son whom you born out of your own womb. I cannot imagine what it's like for you to see a 20 to 30 year old man, older man, than your son get a second chance in life, while all along your son didn't get a chance at all because he died at such a young age. He explained how that she was a very courageous woman And he promised her, this is what he promised. He said, I will protect and cherish and live my life carefully and take care of the gift that was given to me by your son. He said, I will take care of that heart that beats within my chest. He promised that he would do nothing that would be abusive to the heart. And he emphasized that he understood the cost and the price that was paid so that he could live. While his heart was so heavy, His soul was weighty. Bill took a deep breath thinking, oh, the meeting is finally over. But as he began to lift his head off the shoulders of that dear mother, something caught his eyes from outside the hotel lobby window. The car that had pulled up and let them out was parked in the parking lot in view of the lobby. And he just happened to see that the driver's door opened up. And when it did, from out of the driver's door came a little old gray-headed man And he appeared in the parking lot, his shoulders were slumped, his head was bowed, his legs were trembling, and as he made his way to the door of the lobby on a cane, he walks up and he looks up at Bill with a battle-torn face and a glassy eye stare. As he approached Bill with chattering chins, his eyes of tears, literally said that snot was running down the side of his face where he had been weeping in the car. His hands were shaking, his legs were trembling, his knees were knocking, and his feet were shuffling. He reaches inside. As he walks into the motel uh, lobby, he reaches inside of his coat. And this is what he does. He pulls out a stethoscope. He puts it in his ears. And as he began to go across the lobby, this is all the old man could do. He held out the stethoscope and he said... I hope you don't mind, I hope you don't mind. as he got closer, I hope you don't mind. I hope you understand. I hope you understand. I hope you understand, and he got closer, and it seemed like eternity is what Bill said, but as he kept coming, all he could say is, I hope you don't mind. I hope you don't mind and as he finally gets up to Bill he says sir all I want from you is for you to allow me to hear my son's heartbeat just one more time. Bill with tears streaming down his face he just throws his coat off and unbuttons his shirt and as he unbuttons his shirt Bill says not a word he don't even know what to say and that old gray-headed daddy just put the stethoscope to his chest and he began to listen. He hears the beat, the heartbeat of his son, and he just listens, weeping, crying, wailing. All he hears is that inside that man's chest was his son's heart beating, and he just listened and listened and listened and listened and listened and listened. And listened, and listened, and listened, and listened. Bill stood there and he said, "I thought I was going to pass out." He said, "I have never been moved with such human compassion in my life as that old battle-torn dad just sat there, and just listened. I didn't know whether to move. I didn't know that's enough." He just said, "I just let him have all the time that he wanted," and he just sat there and he listened and he listened and he listened, and finally the mother. She says, I am so sorry, but you've got to understand something. That Michael wasn't just our son, but he was my husband's best friend. They've done everything together. They hunted together. They fished together. they done everything together. And the thing that I want you to understand, that Christmas is all about God in search of a man that has the heartbeat in his chest of his son. That's what God's after here this morning. Nothing can be birthed in the kingdom of God until we have the heart of God. Nothing that God desires or plans or wants or even has prepared for us can happen until the spirit is able to find a man with the heart of God. Nothing that God has for us will ever mature or manifest until we learn how to take on the nature of God's heart. The things that we miss out on is not due to God, it is due to us. It's due to us not having the heartbeat of God in us. Remember that nothing is birthed in the spirit Nothing that is birthed in the spirit will become tangible until it's manifested in the natural. What made Jesus tangible to the world? It was Mary saying, behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. She had the heart to deliver what the spirit willed and conceived. She said, be it according to me, your will, your plan, your life be in me. Healing, deliverance, salvation, miracles, though they exist, and we know that to be a reality in Scripture, yet they will never be tangible until we manifest them in the natural by learning how to take on the heart of God, to receive that same favor that Mary received. God's out to hear the heartbeat of his son in us. Look what his son gave to us. Look what God's gift gave to us, his son. And all he's asking is the life that we've received through Jesus Christ that we live it for him, that we not abuse it. Like Bill said, I'll take care of this heart. I'll do nothing that will, that cause it to be diseased or cause it to be damaged. I'll cherish what you've given me. Are we cherishing what, the life that God has given us through his son, Jesus Christ? Mary made Christmas a reality. She birthed God's son. And now all God is saying, I want to hear my son's heartbeat in you. I believe this morning that God has taken a spiritual stethoscope And I believe this is what he's looking for. He's wanting to hear the heartbeat of Jesus Christ in us. He's going around to his church and he's saying, I wonder, is it possible that this man has the heartbeat of my son? Is it possible that I can hear this in Gary's chest? Can you imagine that? God's just taking that spiritual stethoscope. Mike, are you a candidate to have the favor of God? i got to find out. Can I hear it? I want to be that person. I don't know about you, but this Christmas, God just laid this message on my heart. I, I was afraid that I wasn't even going to be able to preach it because when I come across the story, I wept. I can't imagine what that older couple and that old man, all he wanted. He wasn't asking anything of Bill. He wasn't wanting to... To, to cause him any harm or to, uh, to cause him to have to somehow, you know, be his buddy or anything. He just said, all I want to hear. All I crave to hear is that heart that was in my son's chest beat one more time. And I hear God said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not a son to the world to condemn the world but that the world to him. And God's saying, all I'm looking for. As for the people of the church, the candidates that have received salvation through Christ, just to be able to manifest the will, the plan, the desires, and the purpose of heaven by having his sons beating heart in them. That's only what's going to happen. Would you stand with me this morning, please? I don't know about you, but I can be honest and say that there are times in my life that I can become self-centered and very self-focused and very selfish. There are times that I've received such blessed gifts from people and squandered that gift by not using it wisely. The love that maybe someone gave me or a gift that someone had given me. And yet when I look at what Christ has given to me, all he's asking in return is for me to give myself to him fully. That his purposes and his will might be manifested through my mortal body. That I would become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that I would have the heartbeat of God in my chest. I don't know about you. I know I tried to preach not very long because... It's Christmas and everybody's got a lot of things to do. But I think it would be an injustice if we didn't take a little bit of time and just gather up here as a body, as a church, as the people of God, and just say, Lord, let our hearts be one. Let the heartbeat of Jesus Christ, your son, be heard in my life. Let me take on the very nature of your son, Christ. Let me die out to myself. And as Mary said it, be it according to me me as, as thy word. While you've said over me, let it be done. That's what I want for all of us to do this morning. If you want the heartbeat of God in you, would you just make your way up here and stand? We're going to make a commitment to Christ this morning. I hope God as he begins to examine our hearts he begins to say "Ha, ah, these are my people I hear the heartbeat of my son in that man I hear the heartbeat of my son in that woman and because they got the heart of God I can trust them with favor I can put divine favor upon them and say hail Susan thou art highly favored among women hail Michael They're highly favored among men because you got the heartbeat of Jesus Christ. Isn't that what you want, Pammy? Think of it. And let's look at our lives. I think we'd all lie if we'd say, oh, we got it all together. There's no flaws. There's nothing in me. I think that... we're we're deceiving ourselves but this morning I just want you to make a fresh commitment to Christ and I want you to say God what you've entrusted in my life I'll not abuse it you've given your son's heart for me and I'm going to cherish that gift you've given to me I'm going to protect that gift that you've given to me and I'm not going to squander this life upon myself I'm not going to be selfish and self-centered I'm not gonna let flesh rule over my life, but be it unto me according to thy word. Your plan, your purposes be revealed through me. Shine your favor upon me, God. And then I want you to pray over the church with me because I feel that God's wanting to make a holy inhabitation here at the palace, but he's gotta find a bunch of beating hearts. And those hearts has gotta have the heartbeat of Jesus Christ. He's got his spiritual stethoscope out and he's judging every one of us, not by our qualifications, not by our achievements, not by our successes, not by what we've done and not by what we're going to do, but he's judging us according to the issue of our heart. He's judging our hearts this morning. Would you allow your heart to become pure and one with God? Would you just right now close your eyes and begin to pray to him, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, as we come and give us a renewal in your presence here this morning. Lord, I can't imagine how that old man felt as he heard the heartbeat of his son in Bill Woe's chest. But God, I pray that Lord, that I who have like Bill have had a heart transplant. You, Father, have sent your son to die for me and my sins and you've given me a second chance in life. I don't wanna squander it. I don't wanna be selfish and self-centered. I don't wanna live unto myself, God. But somehow, God, would you forgive me of all those moments when I didn't have your will in mind or your purpose in mind? When I was running loosely and carelessly and recklessly, God, and not paying attention to what the Spirit willed, but I was doing what I willed and what I wanted going my way, pushing my dream, pushing my agenda, pushing my desire. Oh God, somehow, Lord, let me delight myself in you that you might give me the pure desire of your heart, that I would have the heartbeat of your son in my chest, that God, that I would be able to be a man that you would be able to look down upon it and say, "Kid, you're highly favored. Oh, I want that God. I want to be highly favored. I want the palace of praise. be nothing but a big place of one beating heart of your son to where you can look down and deposit favor upon it where the supernatural encounters of God can begin to happen and the occurrences of God of the supernatural can happen all the time oh that you would find this place to be favorable in your sight by allowing us to have the heartbeat of your son in our chest oh God Please Lord. Please, Lord, hear our hearts. Oh God. I sense you're wanting to do something among your people. We're not rushing you here today. Transform us. Give us a second chance. Like you, like Michael did with Bill. Take our heart of stone out and give us a heart of flesh as you promised Ezekiel. Take our stubbornness away, our stiff-neckedness, our rebellion. Take away, God, our, our own, our own agendas. Give us the agenda of God in our heart. Help us to have your son's heartbeat. Take your spiritual stethoscope. Put it to our chest and let us hear the words. You are highly favored. You have found favor with God because you're a people after my own heart. Help us to have that heart, I pray. I ask it in Jesus' name. Father, right now, let the palace of praise receive that heart. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, I release upon this congregation the heart of your son, Jesus. And I pray that, God, everyone feel the way of that right now and let there be a heart transplant take place in every heart here today. That you take out that heart of stone and put a heart of flesh right in our hearts. And that, Lord, by the end of this year, as we start off this new year, let us start the year of 2019 with divine favor because we found it as a result of having the heart of God. I pray and I ask it in the lovely name of Jesus Christ. And I proclaim your will to be done in the palace's life in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you this morning. Merry Christmas to all of you.